Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. Today, I have Anthony Cosby, the founder of Steezy. I cannot wait to get into this podcast, and let's jump right in. Anthony, welcome to TM3 Impact. Uh, thanks so much, Tomas. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to this amazing conversation today. Yes, me too. You know, we got to hang out on Saturday, and I got to hear a little bit of your story. And then I, I, I looked at my dad, and I go, Dad, this is going to be a good podcast. This is going to be a really good podcast. So let's jump right in. Tell me, Anthony, your San Antonio story, Cliff Note version. How did you come to live in this amazing city? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so when I was getting ready to transfer, I was still on active duty in the Navy. Uh, I was stationed at the Naval Academy. So I had been there for three years uh, working for Admiral Rempth, who was the superintendent. So in charge of the Naval Academy. Amazing years at the Naval Academy. We beat Army so many times. So, <laughs> you, you had know. to get that in there. I know. I know. Yeah, because we don't beat them now. <laughs> but I had an amazing time there. Uh, but when it was time to go, I, I was either going to go to uh, Pentagon, just right over across the street, go to the Pentagon, or I was going to do a recruiting tour. Now, by nature, I'm, I'm an introvert. So yeah. you would never think of it when I'm out doing my job. But yeah. I'm an introvert, and I said, you know, let me go do recruiting, and let me go carry the bag for about 18 months, and then let me go to the headquarters and, and run it. And that's how I came to San Antonio. I had never been to Texas before. Really? Um, never been to Texas before, so uh, they gave me uh, about eight choices, and one was actually uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh, interesting. It, it was. And, okay. uh, and I, I did do uh, Puerto Rico because I'm like, well, I really don't speak Spanish too yeah. well, right? And then yeah. I get to Texas and everybody's speaking Spanish. You're oh, like, wow. okay, here we go. You know, the most Puerto Ricans live in San Antonio. I know. Out of all the other cities, there's more Puerto Ricans here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's how I came here. Yeah, that's fantastic. So the military, once again, brought you and your family to San Antonio. That's fantastic. All right, so let's go back. I'm thinking, you know, here you are, entrepreneur, starting the Steezy. Let's go back and young Anthony, you know, I'm talking like 17, 18. Were there any entrepreneurs in your family? Was was there any seed that was planted early on for this? Yeah, no, I, I love that question because I, I think now – as I look back, my granddad was a bootlegger. So okay. uh, in North Alabama, Dry County, uh, my granddad was a bootlegger. And every Sunday, the sheriff of the county would come to my granddad's house to, to get his little Budweiser and his little nip. And uh, I was the one that would run and go grab the Budweiser. He would tip me a quarter. So uh, when I saw my granddad and just grinding, you know, doing what he had to do to survive, he was born in 1901, and uh, when I got to, when he passed, he was 82, and I was in second or third grade, but he and I, we bonded really, really well, and so as I continued to hear his story, as I became an adult, that 17, 18-year-old, and started understanding his story, and now as an entrepreneur, I was like, this man was an entrepreneur. He was. Providing for his family. Yeah, it probably was bootlegging, but he also did cotton as well. There were quite a few black cotton farmers in the little area that I live in. And so he had cotton fields as well. So we worked out there and, yeah. you know, he didn't raise any lazy kids. So all his grandkids were, were pretty much, uh, you know, we were athletes. Uh, we we love what we did. We didn't know what we were missing. If we were missing the yeah. bright lights of the city, we just we just knew that we had family, and uh, you know, we knew he was our protector. Yeah. And so, what city was this in? Yeah. So this was in a little town called Tanner, Alabama. So okay. twenty miles uh, west of uh, Huntsville, okay. Alabama. So okay. Space Center and all those things. Okay. Interesting. So, what do you think when you look back on that time? You think about your grandpa. What were the lessons? That, that, that you could kind of like if you were to kind of write that book that he taught you in what he was doing, you know, from a business standpoint, what do you remember? Respect the grind. Ah, uh, yes. Respect the grind. Because one thing I would say now is as an entrepreneur, uh, and, and, I, and I take this biblical too, because every day you're going to have a challenge with something. Yeah. I, I mean, if you think every day is going to be peaches and roses as an entrepreneur, you're 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 wrong yeah. and you know just like how mark cuban says if you're an entrepreneur your back has never been against the wall <laughs> you know that's so true and so so for me um 
those are some of the things I took from my granddad because I know there was times when his back was against the wall. I know those were times when he had to grind because he had six girls. You know, my mom was one of six girls. So no, he had no boy, no sons, no sons, no sons. Okay, no sons. And yeah. you know, I think that's why he took to me really. Mm. Um, I remember I got to stay with him because I cried at daycare, and uh, I wouldn't stop crying. I think I cried for like five hours straight, and next thing you know, granddad said, "Bring that boy to me." And uh, next thing you know, I was three years old on his lap driving the tractor with him. So, oh, wow, <laughs> you still remember these? Things. I do. You, I mean, you know, it's interesting. My dad grew up in Puerto Rico. He's he's Puerto Rican, and he still has memories of being two, three, four years. I'm like, how how do you have those memories? They're like ingrained. I always think that's really interesting. But I also think, you know, we were we were distracted just like the kids of today. I was distracted. You know, we had TV. You know, you know, my dad grew up. That wasn't. They were outside, and and you had to be immersed and so those memories stick mm-hmm. i think more because of that oh yeah right I, I definitely believe that because you know now as i think back especially not having a, a full life with him yeah uh for me being a, an adult and and knowing what he did and I, I really respect uh everything that he was doing for the family even more and and just you know me being his 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 offspring uh to me is one of those opportunities where when I think about my granddad as a bootlegger uh, in a dry county, running moonshine, he had his own recipe, and I've asked for that recipe. Nobody has it. Nobody has it. <laughs> it wow, really it's cool. lost. But, you know, for, for him to, to be doing that, and, and again, when you have a sheriff at your house on Sundays, yeah. eh, probably, nobody's probably going to miss with yeah. you. So there's something that he did. Yeah, he built relationships. Built relationships. He built relationships. And that's entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you graduate high school. Were you a sports? Were you a big athlete? I remember. I think was it football? What was your What was yeah, your big yeah. sport? Yeah, so you know, I would say I was band as well. Yes, so that's trumpet right. guy. Yeah. But played three sports: football, baseball, basketball. Okay. Uh, baseball was my favorite sport. Okay. And uh, and I would tell you, you know, you this falls into steezy because. When I was around 12, uh, you know, I pretty much begged my mom and dad to send me to baseball camp at yeah. the Atlanta Braves. But yeah. my dad worked construction, my mom sold uh, insurance, and they really just couldn't swing it. Yeah. And I always think, man, if I would have went, you know, to that baseball yeah. camp, I probably could have picked up something to help me get to that next level. So, so now when we have these unique opportunities to work with professional athletes and see how kids are able to work with these professional athletes sometimes i think you have those little seeds that are just being planted right there yeah. and and you're you know creating that next michael jordan or that next larry bird yeah. but you know we want them to be good people while they're yes. elite athletes as well 100 percent. i i that's one of the things i tell my son my son is 13 golfer you met enzo um we talk about that a lot like i mean if you can hit the ball 320 yards, but you don't have character mm-hmm. and you and you and you're just not a good human, I was like, that we we've done we haven't done our job. You right. know what I mean? I was yeah. like, we just haven't done our job. I want you to be a good human first, yes. a good person first. Um, okay, so now you graduate. Now, wh- wh- where did the military come in? Was anybody in your family in the military? Uh, did you have well, any history? I, I, I did. I had an uncle. Uncle June was in the military. Okay, what which uh, branch? So he was in the army. Okay, and but. The one thing with Uncle June, I remember he had a very bad accident and he ended up being paralyzed. So, oh wow! And uh, in so the military? In the, uh, no, out outside. The mili- okay, out the military. But I, he was the only person that I was connecting with the military. Okay. So, growing up, I was like, oh, I don't want to do the military. Yeah. And then some of my cousins that were a year ahead of me joined the Navy, and I was like, okay, well they're, they're stepping out a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and for me, my story is I was 17 years old. And, uh, you know, star athlete, uh, weren't getting any offers, really. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go to the, to the community college. We called it 13th grade. And um, I was working at Hardy's. So after practice, I would go to Hardy's. Yeah. Uh, on Saturdays, you know, and Sundays, I would work at Hardy's. You know, so work almost a full-time job going through school. And I didn't want that for my life. I was like, all right, well, I actually call the Army recruiter. Because I grew up watching Combat, uh, which was an old black and white movie. Uh, grew up watching Combat. Called the Army recruiter, and uh, the Army recruiter said, "Okay, well, come by on Wednesday at one o'clock." 
So uh, my dad uh, took that day off just to take me to the Army recruiter. Okay. Uh, so he dropped me off in Decatur, Alabama, which was about 20 miles from my house. So when my dad left, for him to come back, I would have to wait for him to get back at home to call him to come back and pick me up. Yeah. Because the Army recruiter wasn't there. Oh, no. He stood me up. And so the neighbor recruiter comes walking out with a yogurt cone, waffle cone. I've never had yogurt. We just had the ice cream that you churn with yeah. grandma, you yeah. know. He comes out with this waffle cone. He said, hey, we have a yogurt machine. <laughs> he, he got you with some yogurt. <laughs> he said, a yogurt machine in the office. He said, he's not coming back. I oh said, the army goodness. guy's not coming. He said, hey, come on in. Come call you that. He's yeah. not coming back. And so I walked in and he was like, hey, you want some ice cream or yeah. yogurt? I said, yeah. sure. Yeah. So he gave me a yogurt cone. As I'm eating my yogurt cone, he says, you know, in the Navy, we have a bed. Army guys don't have a bed. Most of the time. <laughs> you know? And it just stuck with me. Like, Oh, my goodness. And then I was like, go Navy. Go Navy. You were, you were sold. <laughs> it was the waffle cone. Don't lie. You know it was that yogurt and waffle cone. You know that's what it was. Yeah. That is, that's a really cool story. Yeah, so I was 17. My mom and dad had to sign for me to go in. Um, Did you already graduated at that point? Or you were senior or junior? Yeah, no, I had already graduated. So you were young. You were a young yeah. senior. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, I yeah. started, started your birthday kindergarten is... when I was four. So right. essentially. Okay, so yeah. when, when's your birthday, though? Like November. Se- November. That's why. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, that makes sense. So my mom had connections, and I ended up yeah. starting way earlier because of daycare. Yeah. Because, because you know, I, she needed to work, and dad yeah. needed to work. So yeah. can you guys take him? Well, we're going to put him in kindergarten. You can't wait, because now, like most people, would, if you're in November, or even in September, I was in September mm-hmm. 24th, so I had to wait. You know, yeah, that, yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you go into the Navy. I, I can imagine, you know, uh, at some point you end, you end up on the U.S. Uh, what was the ship that you were on? Yep, USS Roosevelt. The USS Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me about that experience, getting to that point where you're on the— you did propulsion? Yeah. So so for me to get to that point, you know, I started off as E1. So I went in as enlisted in 1990. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to have some amazing mentors in my life. And they were like, Anthony, you know, why don't you become an officer? I was like, well, I didn't go to college. I, you know, I, w- I was a decent high school student. They was like, you can do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really had one a uh, particular officer, uh, Rebecca Valtier, Becky Valtier, who was one of the first women to graduate from the Naval Academy. She played point guard. She was one of the first women to go to the Naval Academy, yeah. played point guard. Uh, till today, she's, you know, she's my mentor. We talk. Anyway, uh, I told Becky, yeah, I want to become an officer. She said, okay, let's get started. Just like that. I mean, didn't even think twice. Didn't even think twice. Yeah. So I was stationed in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. I was going to school uh, during lunchtime uh, after work on on weekends. Yeah. I was able to get thirty. I needed thirty credit hours to put in for the officer program. Okay. I got my thirty credited hours in less than nine months. Wow! Just, just you were playing, and rolling, rocking and rolling. Put in my officer package, and because I was stationed right there in Atlanta, I had the connection with Auburn University. Yeah. So I ended up uh, going to the ROTC unit wow. at Auburn University. And then I uh, went through surface warfare officer school. And my first officership was yeah. USS Roosevelt, brand spanking brand new ship being built out of Pascagoula, Mississippi, uh, with Ingalls uh, Shipbuilding Company. Uh, every rack had a TV that came. Oh, down. get out. Uh, it was so Are cool. you serious? <laughs> No wonder he took that, that man. Aren't you so glad you got that waffle cone and that army guy was late? <laughs> he stood you up. You had your own TV in the bunk. Oh, That's oh cra- yeah. I had no idea it was yeah. it was it was that nice and plush. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. So what was it like being on that on that team? You had twenty eight people that you were working with on this propulsion team. Yeah. What was that like? Those guys were amazing. Um, the one thing I would tell you is that. Uh, military folks are some of the smartest folks in the world. Uh, my guys could take a Rolls Royce engine apart and put it back together. It, it, it was just crazy how wow. intelligent these guys were. I, and for me, I, I went to school for public administration, political yeah. science. And um, when they asked me uh, if I wanted to be the engineering officer, I, I said, of course, you, you don't 
say no. Yeah. You just, you know, go do the job. Yeah. And for me, it was a learning opportunity to learn the propulsion of, of the ship, the potable water system of the ship and, 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 and just how the ship runs, you know, yeah. the, the comfort features, air conditioning, all that yeah. was part of engineering. Right. Yeah. And if we didn't go, the ship didn't go. Right. So it was a very crucial part of the ship. And, uh, I, you know, I would tell you a, a quick story that showed you how, how professional these individuals were. So for our first maiden deployment, uh, we were one of the first ships to go out to sea after 9-11. Okay. And so um, when we did our cruise, our job was to certify other ships as maritime interdiction operation vessels. So they were able to board ships that they thought might bring harm okay. to U.S. or NATO. Okay. So for us, um, we were in the we were in the uh, Mediterranean Sea, and we got emergency tasking to go intercept the high value unit. Didn't know what the high, but we were the only ship. We didn't even have a submarine that could to get to it. Mm. We were the only ship that, that was close that could have got ship, gotten to it right. Yeah. And so uh, we went all engines ahead full, and we knew it was going to be about a thirty six our transit to get there right but all engines have full it's almost like stock stock the trek and scotty saying i'm giving all i got Warp speed. <laughs> yeah know? yeah 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 but but we had a hot bearing and a hot bearing on a ship would make a ship go dead in the water oh wow right and so we had this hot bearing and myself and the chief engineer went to talk to the commanding officer he said hey what are you guys gonna do and i said look uh, we have some very good guys down here um, let me take care of it and I'll brief you every 30 minutes Yeah. and, and, and let's, let's stay full speed. We're not yeah. going dead in the water. Yeah. We got to intercept this high value unit. Get, yeah. Complete the mission. So yeah. anyway, myself and two of my senior enlisted guys, um, called chief petty officers, they, uh, we all, we, we slept there. Yeah. They brought us our meals and they babysit that hot bearing for that entire transit. Wow. They babysitted that hot bearing for their entire transit. We never went below 32 knots. Wow. We were going full speed. Now, when we got, when we intercepted the high value target, um, I was on the prize crew, which meant I got the, you know, I got decked out, got all my gear, got my, got my weapon and the seals had embarked already. Yeah. So we got on the boat and went over to the high value unit and uh, our intel officer, along with the Navy SEALs, got all the intel that they needed. And you could tell it was something different about this high-value unit. But, I, yeah. you know, I, I was down there babysitting the, the hot bearing, so I wasn't in the ops intel briefs, intelligence right. brief. So I got a brief one right before we went. So when we got there, when we got there, uh, we did everything. And when we came back, as we started to move on to our new duties, uh, we had the ops intel brief, and the captain got on the 1MC, which everybody on the ship could hear. Yeah. And he said, hey, crew, great job. Uh, we're getting ready to, to, at the time, we're getting ready to go to Toulon, France for Cannes okay. <laughs> Film Festival. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but he said, hey, uh, you know, great job. You know, of course, told everybody, engineering, great job. He said, uh, I'm proud of you. We were the only ship that could have intercepted this high-value target. And just so you know, all know how important it is, it was Osama bin Laden's nephew's yacht. What? Right after 9-11. Wow. And I always say if 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 we couldn't babysit that hot bearing, if I didn't have those amazing guys to babysit that hot bearing, could we have gotten that intel? No, yeah. Yeah, you know? probably not. So the mission is important. Yeah. And that's why I say, you know, those are some of the smartest folks in the world, in the military. Yeah. And was everybody at that point that you, were they officer or enlisted? So we had a mixture. You had a mixture. Okay. Had a mixture. Okay. Wow. That's, that's a really crazy story. Yeah. That's a crazy story. And I'm sure you have a ton with the military. <laughs> I want to, I know you went, you ended up, because of the way you moved to Texas is mm -hmm. from, from, uh, from recruiting. Now I think about an entrepreneur and <laughs> I, I would imagine recruiting really got you because you said you're an introvert you you mentioned that you i would imagine that has really given you 
some big ways of how you've brought that into your business right now with Steezy. So talk about some of the things that you learned as a recruiter, recruiting these kids to come, talking to them, and then how you've kind of pulled that into what you do today. No, definitely. I'm glad you said that because in recruiting, uh, we have what we call a marketing operations plan, right? So you had to know your audience, you had to know where your audience was located, you had to build your centers of influence. Uh, of course, you had to know the message that you were going to pitch, and you had to know your product, which in my case was the Navy. Yeah. And I was doing officer recruiting, so it was my product was officer recruiting, uh, Navy SEAL, pilot, uh, nuclear power officer, those type of jobs. Yeah. So I had to I had to live that every day, but you had to do the pre work. You had to do the pre work. You had to you had to find out. Um, you know, what area, what zip codes throughout, because we had half the state of Texas, so from Waco all the way west to Midland, Odessa, okay. all the way south to the Rio Grande Valley. So it was wow, a Navy recruiting huge. district, San Antonio, 250 square miles. Wow. So that was ours. And then we had recruiting district Dallas, or that was just right there. Yeah. And then recruiting district Houston that pretty much just had Houston. Yeah. But for us, we had the bulk of the, the land mass for yeah. Texas. And so for me, one of the things that I wanted to do, of course, being an introvert, I was like, you know, this is a unique opportunity to, to help change lives. Yeah. Because I, as a 17-year-old from the country in Alabama, I know how the Navy has helped change my life. So I went on at this as, let me tell my story. Yeah. Let, let me tell my story. Let, let, you know, let me tell folks how when I was stationed in Atlanta, you know, I, I got to see you know, the 1996 Olympics mm. when I was in Atlanta. I got to go see swimming when I was in Atlanta, the Olympic swimming. Uh, I got to see the Atlanta Braves win the World Series in 1995. You know, I got to see David Justice and, you know, I tell all the young guys and I got to see Halle Berry, you yeah, know, so they were, they were like, oh, wow. And so I said, so, so many opportunities that I've had, I got to go to college at Auburn for free. You know, yeah. so many opportunities. So I told my story, but I had to know where to tell that story. Mm. And I had to make those relationships with the directors for the career services centers at the universities. I had to make those relationships with uh, the honors uh, student body mm -hmm. because I always say, you know, I'm going to go to the smart kids. I'm going to go to the, the, the double engineering kids. I'm going to yeah. go to the Hispanic engineer, professional engineers. I, th that's where I'm going to go yeah. to find these smart kids and to push this message and just kind of see who, who wants to take this message on. And the other thing, it was always activity, activity, activity. Yeah. You know, making that extra call before you went home, mm. right? Make, sending that extra email before you went home, yeah. right? Or taking that call when, when you know, you're doing something that, um, you know, you're on the road or whatever, pulling over to take the call. So my goal was to always go above and beyond because yeah. I knew the one thing I always said uh, with recruiting and for the guys, especially the guys that were in middle of Odessa, yeah. I would tell them, you know, I, I don't care what you do, you know, you know, make sure you're doing your job because at the end of the month, I'm going to know if you did your job or not. Right. Right. Because either you're going to have some people that's going to be at the headquarters shipping out or you're not. Right. Right. And so it's going to be very obvious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the activity was very important. And so yeah. as an entrepreneur, you have to make sure you have the right activity. You have to make sure that folks know about who you are, what your product is, what are you trying to do and what, what are you about? What is your brand about? Yeah. And I think, you know, every day, those are the things that I, I, I encounter and I look back at recruiting to see how recruiting has prepared me for what I'm doing now, especially just getting to know people yeah. and just building relationships and just letting people know I'm, I'm Anthony. I'm just genuine Anthony. But, yeah, I've been blessed with this opportunity to try to build this company and build this brand and impact the lives of young athletes yeah. uh, every day and try to figure out whether your back is up against the wall or whether – um, you know, you have the, the, you know, the biggest day you've ever had. Yeah. 
you know, as an entrepreneur, you just, you just it's going to be up and down. It. You just got to right? take it. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have those mountains and valleys. You, I think this is really important for, for entrepreneurs. So, number one, you need a story. Right. You, you've got to have the story that you want to share mm. and 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 not that you want to sell. And I think there's a difference. Right. It's the story you want to tell, not that you want to sell. And and then and for entrepreneurs to un, so that they know the difference. Right. Because a, a story will naturally sell itself. Mm-hmm. Your life was naturally selling itself. Right. What you were doing. And then the other thing is activities. One of the things I like to tell you know, coaching clients that I've had is that you need money making activities. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like what is an act? What is an activity that's actually going to make money? Now, sometimes there are going to be active activities that don't necessarily make money, but they build relationship. And you got to know the difference, you know, so for any entrepreneur that's out there that's listening to this, keep in mind, you need to know the story because it will sell for you and you need to know your money making activities and those activities that will build relationships, you know, so you, 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 you end up in San Antonio and now I need to know how, where in the world did the idea, cause I'm, I'm thinking, were you sitting down one day and go, I want to start a sock company. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, where does that idea even come from? What led, what was the genesis, right, that birthed the idea? Because I think about my company, Luxury Realm Magazine, it was started from my wife basically going, we need to create a magazine. And I go, why? Like, who, like, what are you, this was in 2010, like, who, no, I mean, print, print's dead, remember? Print, nobody does print. And so it was birthed from a wife's idea to advertise a builder. She wanted to really promote, how do we promote a builder? We need to start a magazine. And so that was kind of the beginning, and then it just started to grow. How did Steezy grow? Like, tell me the, the birthing story of how you came to this company. Yeah, you know, so right before COVID, I had just finished up uh, entrepreneurship boot camp uh, at Texas A&M University. I didn't even know they had it. Yeah. That's where so, I got my master's. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. That's really cool. Yeah, we got some other Aggies in here. There I love go. it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh was there at McFearing uh, uh, Center for Entrepreneurship uh, and May School's a bit, School of Business. So was there for uh, about 10 days on the ground, but it was like a mini master's class. Interesting. There, you know, 30 days of pre-work um, okay. for the class, and uh, and then you just kind of go full in. Uh, you okay. have uh, mentors there that's able to uh, help you. Uh, my good friend Blake Petty, who's executive director there, okay. uh, he runs the program, and uh, uh, the folks, um, the folks over there, you know, really put on a at Reynolds and Reynolds are big premier sponsors out okay. there, and uh, also the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Okay. So, that's where the funding comes from um, to do that. But, you know, for me, graduated from that uh, class, and I was like, all right, I, I wanted to do a drop shipping company with military-themed apparel, kind of like your grunt style. And okay, yeah. I just kind of wanted to – I said, you know, I just want to make 50 or 100K a year doing yeah. this, just some residual income and yeah. drop shipping to where I don't even manage the inventory, anything. It does so it for you. Launched it in November of 2019, and lo and behold, what happens in March of 2020? Uh, COVID. Right. COVID hits, and nothing was coming out of any any fulfillment centers. Nothing. Huh. And so when that happened, I was like, oh. What was the company called back then? It was called Dilsey for Drive Like You Stole It. Okay. So on the USS Roosevelt, we had this sign that said, Drive like you stole it. Drive like you stole it. I love it. I love it. So anyway, that that was the company, and um, but the one thing that really sold were socks, the the the, the printed socks. I was like, huh? That, that really sold pretty good. And then I was like, you know what? Let me let me take this a little bit further because one thing they taught us at A and M was to pivot, to pivot, pivot when you have to pivot. And so this was my pivot moment, and. You know, it took about eight months to 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 build out the seven SKU collection. It was a small collection, mm-hmm. and um, you know, working with the manufacturer to get it, you know, back and forth. And once we got what we wanted, launched it, and you know, I started off with eight thousand units. Uh, you know, I told my wife, you know, this this is a test, and we'll see if it works. If it doesn't work, now, to to help to help entrepreneurs understand yep. this, because manufacturing. 
products is it this is this is it's it's risky yes. right cuz cuz you, you got to not only front the money to come up with the design you got to front the money to actually make the product correct yep. and then you have to get the product and then you have to ship it i would yep. imagine that you at this point you've moved away from the, the drop shipping, maybe having right. a third party yeah, make no, it, and you weren't the middleman anymore. Now you were the man just doing all three parts, basically. Right. Correct. Correct? Correct. So you've got to front all this money for 8,000 pieces of product. Mm -hmm. I, I, you don't have to say the number, but I can only imagine that this is not a cheap endeavor. No, it, it wasn't cheap. And yeah. again, that's why, you know, for even folks that are when relationships are married, you know, you know they got to know what you're doing, just like uh, yeah. you and your wife started Lux Magazine. You got to yeah. know what you're doing, yes. and uh, and so I tell my wife, I said, "Look, if it doesn't work, it's not going to hurt that bad. Yeah, but if it does work, we might be onto something. Okay, so that's kind of how we took it. And, so you uh, rolled the dice, made your eight. It. So was it was this where you made the name? Did you make the name mm -hmm. change at this point? Yep. yep. And then how this did was you come up with the name? Company. Uh, you know, at first it was one of the guys that was doing our marketing. He said, hey, Steezy would be pretty cool, S-T-Z-Y. Because yeah. we were looking at something called Step Weaver. We were like, ah, maybe. Yeah. But, but he said, I think S-T-Z-Y. Which is kind of like a play on what you had done before. Mm -hmm. the, the What was the other one? D-Z? Yeah, Drive Like You Stole It. Right? It was mm -hmm. kind of a play off of that a little bit, right? Okay, Correct. gotcha. Keep going. Correct. And so S-T-Z-Y, and we put the line through it, and... It looked good. Yeah. You know, it looked like, let's it, go. It looks good. Let's print go. it. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so we printed it. Let's go and start pushing it out. Yeah. And uh, when we push it out in March of 2021, yeah. um, we sold out in 40 days. And I thought it was going to take six okay. months. Okay. Hold on. All right. Who was doing your marketing at that point? Like, how, how did you, because listen, I, I mean, I understand how the, you know, product business works, mm -hmm. right? But to to sell out, you said in 40, what was it? 48 days? 40 days. 40 days. You sold out in 40 days. What was the drive? What was, how were you marketing this to get that amount of sales? That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. You know, when you look at the back end of uh, doing ads, yeah. you, you definitely have some, um, some groups that you can piggyback off of, you okay. know, whether it's fitness or athletics, uh, target groups, uh, you know, target segments, those type of things. Okay. And then, but we knew where we were going. We knew that we wanted to focus on, on athletes. We knew that we wanted to focus on, on folks that, um, our fitness buffs. Yeah. We, we knew who our audience was, yeah. uh, even, even before, you know, we pressed go because, we knew that we were focused on on young athletes. Yeah, that was a big core of it. So we were able to focus on mom and dads of athletes and those mm. type of things. So that that was a big push. And then you know even now when you look at um, our photography on our sites and stuff, I mean it just really captures you yeah. and, and and really it's engaging you in. Um, and so for us, that's kind of how we did it. And even when you look at from the beginning. To where we are now, you can see the evolution of it. Yeah, you can see the evolution, and we have so much more to go uh, within that evolution as we yeah. continue to push this out. But, but just like you said, you know, when we first started talking, you know, sometimes when I think, wow, this has only been two years. It's only and, been two years. It's know, crazy. I, you know, I feel like this has been a five-year project. I yeah. feel like that. You know, I've I've gotten a wet noodle and just you know smack you around a little bit because. Yeah. That's the grind of being an entrepreneur when, 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 you know, every day is different, you know? Yep. And, um, and when you have those wins, you have to celebrate them. Yeah. And even when you have setbacks, you have to figure out how you're going to get past them. Yeah. 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 So I, I could imagine manufacturing had to be a growing pain. Just that alone had to be a growing pain. You know, uh, what, what did you learn with the, the, in that piece, you know, doing the manufacturing? Yeah, manufacturing was definitely a growing pain just because when you sell out so quickly, and, and I think, too, you know, you know, for me, at some point in my life, my, my hope and dream is to become a, a venture capitalist and, and, and help companies grow, especially young companies yeah. grow. Because I think, you know, as a company, that one thing – that is probably, you know, the number one barrier is the access to capital. Yeah. Right? Yep. 
and and having that access to capital in our case was 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 very very limited just because it was an e-commerce company it yeah. was not a brick and mortar yeah. you kind of get the the you know the the people's eyebrow when when you say I'm a direct to consumer and you know I want to apply for X yeah. and they're like well do you have a store no I don't have a store yeah. we sell in online right yeah. and I think you know that is a that is a big part of it because like in our case we kept selling out we couldn't keep up that's crazy so when you keep selling out and yeah. then when you're dealing with the manufacturer that's going to be a 50 60 day turnaround yeah you got the whole shop is empty you know yeah you know you're you're like and then things you know you lose your traction a little bit yep and so those are those are the times where you know I'm hoping and to be in a situation where I can bless entrepreneurs with yeah. with not only that 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 seed capital but also the opportunity to to help them to whiteboard it and kind of mentorship see, and see how we can yes. really do this you know yes. you know when you look at the shark tank that's one of the big things I think about the shark tank when they bring their teams in to to really all right yeah. because the one thing the navy taught me is Somebody else has done this before. Oh, of course. Yeah. Somebody else has done this before. And, um, you know, bringing in somebody that has built, you know, an e-commerce company uh, to scale it to yeah. certain heights. And that's why relationships are so important. Yeah. So uh, for me, that manufacturing piece and just keeping up, yeah. um, it was a grind. And I think for entrepreneurs, you have to really understand, you know, where you are and and you know at every moment um you know what type of forecasting do you do you, do you have yeah right and and what's your bandwidth and, and those type of things and 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 then you know do you have that product that that can run right 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 do you have right. that product the quality that that, that 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 actually people want they're mm -hmm. gonna they're gonna repeat buy because right. that's the key too right you mm -hmm. you've got to have a repeat buying customer and then you keep adding on to that with new customers right. um so I, I, I it sounds like to me that am camp mm -hmm. was really revolutionary for you like that was groundbreaking and when I think about the pivot right because I think covid really it really made a lot of people pivot. Mm -hmm. And and if they didn't pivot, we know what happened, right? So when you think when you think ahead, have you started to see new pivots and not where you're completely pivoting off, but like like maybe different lines, different ideas, mm -hmm. different projects, maybe something new that's on the horizon that that y'all are thinking about getting into. Oh yeah, uh, I think that that piece is 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 definitely um because when you, when you pivot, you know, then you start saying, all right, well, what other buyers will want my product? Right. And, you know, for me, you know, I truly believe the government will want my product, mm -hmm. especially being a military guy. I want to be the official sock of the Navy, of the Army, Marine Corps, Space Force, that. you know, Department of Defense. You know, yeah. my wife works for Homeland Security. I want to be the official sock of Border Patrol agents. Yeah. Right. You know, so when I started thinking about those pivots and where we can go next, I started thinking about those potential clients and customers uh, that we can attract mm. and that being one entity. But I also want to think about, you know, how can we spice it up a little bit and how can we make it to where, wow, the, you know, just kind of blow, blow the mind of folks that have been following us. Because, you know, when we have folks like Joe Musgrove uh, from the San Diego Padros that say, I love your product yeah. or Damian Lillard that has bought from us three times. Yeah. When you start having these type of folks that believe in what you're doing and, and, and just really love the product. Yeah. And these are folks of, of means that can buy whatever they want. Right. You know that you're on to something. Yeah. So now let's figure out how to, you know, stay true to what we're doing with yeah. the quality, with the comfort, um, with the mission yeah. Of giving back to young athletes. Yeah. But let's do that where we can say, all right, guys, you haven't seen anything yet. That's fun. Because I think you have to stay fresh. Oh, 100 percent. And, yep. you know, for us, we're going to make it look good. But behind the scenes, you know, it's going to be like, oh, my God. 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. It's running a business. Yeah. I mean, it's always like that, right? And so now I I I uh I I know that growing pain, right? You know, you're going through the growing pain of building something and and I I I, what you're doing from a product standpoint, I can only imagine there's there's a lot of research and development mm-hmm. and and processing that you're putting into all of that. What what keeps everybody focused to make sure that you you keep the quality, you 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 put out product, you keep product on the 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 proverbial shelf online. So what keeps everybody focused and driven in the company? You know, I think for me, the vision, um, because when you when you have opportunities to connect with people that don't know anything about your product and when they connect with you about the product and and there are they're so excited over socks. Right. 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 You know that that's that vision where. All right. Let, let's take this somewhere. You know, I, you know, I, I get an example uh, Cody and I, we had a meeting the other day and we were able to, to have this meeting because we were at the corporate cup event here in San Antonio, okay. because one thing that we're doing now is partnering with San Antonio sports, mm-hmm. um, to be the official sock of San Antonio, if you will. Yeah. So we were out there, um, it was hot as all get up, but we were out there grinding. We were doing buy a sock, give a sock type of deal. Yeah. So we can get back to the young out. At- young athletes and the youth of San Antonio. Uh, but anyway, we, we met some really amazing people, exchange information and all that. That led to a meeting with the um, Special Olympics of Texas, mm. right? So, yeah, of course, you want to take that meeting. So <laughs> we were having a meeting with the Special Olympics of Texas. And um, the one uh, young lady that uh, brokered the meeting, of course, wore the socks and she was like they're amazing yeah and um you know as we're talking as they're learning our story again you were talking about you have to yeah. know how to tell your story yes as they were learning about our story and what we were doing at the beginning of the meeting they asked you know what would you want out of this and you know in my mind you know I said, uh, yeah, I'm in texas well i would love to be the official sock of special olympics of texas yeah. right 10 minutes later the question was asked you guys are amazing. I love what y'all are doing. How about being the official sock of Special Olympics all over the world? <laughs> wow. And Cody's probably wow. smiling right now. Wow. That's impressive. That's you amazing. Know? And so when you, yeah, so that's that's that vision that really helps keep us going. Yeah. Uh, when When we're like, all right, you know, we have some new initiatives coming along. Um, you know, we have to get some things, um, in order. Yeah. Um, but when you see the future yeah, uh, what the future could be, and then also within that future, because one of the big things that we say with Steezy is product equals purpose, mm. the product, the sock, right? The socks, yeah. the purpose impacting the lives of young athletes yeah. to help them reach their goals, dreams, and aspirations. Yeah. So you take this product and use this product to make someone's life better. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Product equals purpose. I love that. When did you come up with that? Did you had you heard that before? I've never heard that. No, never heard it before. Um, you know, came up with it. Our tagline is keep pushing forward. Yeah. Um, but product equals purpose was something that. that really resonated with me because again, we're a brand that wants to give back. We're a brand that wants to be recognized for forgiving um you know there's so much to go around uh, especially when you grow and scale as a brand there's so much to go around how about using the blessings to help others be yeah. blessed yeah 100 percent. well you were the official sock of our nfl uh, super bowl of golf <laughs> here in san antonio at tpc and I, i'm sporting them right now i got my no shows <laughs> on right now so i really appreciate that that was a big hit Uh, The players really love that. And uh, everybody got a pair of socks. That was really, really cool. And so when you think about if if you were to sit down with an entrepreneur right now, from everything you've learned with Steezy, you know, even going back to being on uh, um, the destroyer that you were on, going through the recruiting phase. And you look at if you were to sit down across from an entrepreneur and you you just you said, you know, you've got 10 minutes to just kind of like, you know, talk to them. 
what do you think would be some of the keys to starting a business that you would want to share? Okay, that's a good question. All right, first, first, you know, I'm going to want them to be relaxed when mm-hmm. they talk to me because I'm just a guy. I love that. And I think that's important because if their business is successful, you know, they're going to be in front of the Drew Rose and Houses of the world. They're going to be in front of some folks that they probably never thought they were going to be in front of. Yeah. So learn how to be relaxed and learn how to have a conversation and learn how learn how to um, to bring things into that conversation that connect. Yeah. So if both of you went to A&M, you know, say gig them. Yeah. And make them smile. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Learn how to connect. Build that rapport. I love Building it. Building rapport yeah. is so important. Uh, then I want to tell them, you know, I want you to always be standing. Because sometimes in the Navy, as we say, we have fair winds and following seas. But sometimes we have some major hell, hell storms. Mm. But if you're standing during the storm and knowing that there's going to be light. Because one thing for sure, I've seen time and time after again, especially during my time in the Mediterranean, is we will have major storms. I mean, you thought the ship was probably going to sink, how bad those storms wow. were, right? But after the storm, it was crystal clear water. Yeah. It was amazing. It was almost like you just walk on it. I think in entrepreneurship, it's the same way. There are times where, you know, for whatever reason, you're going to get a storm. Yeah. You're going to get a storm. And for me, sometimes I believe those storms toughens you up. Oh, 100%. Toughens you up. Makes, 100%. Makes, makes you tough and makes you understand uh, the true blessing, the true gift uh, of being blessed to be an entrepreneur yeah and and how you're able to handle those those times yeah. but i i want that entrepreneur to always be standing right? yeah always be standing always be leaning that. forward and as i tagline say keep pushing forward and then i think that last last thing is is giving yourself grace mm. giving yourself grace okay because i think and i had i had to learn this last year uh for me Last year was probably the worst year of my life. Interesting. You know, starting off with with Omnicron. Yeah. Running out of inventory because of Omnicron. Yeah. Uh, having issues within my team. Um, and, and putting all that together, you know, on May 27th, my mom died. Mm-hmm. On May 28th, my older brother died. The next day, while we're making funeral arrangements for my mom. Wow. My older brother died, who was a football phenom in Alabama. You know, he passed away at 56, young, Mm. young dude. And um, running out of inventory because there was no inventory to be made. Yeah. And then just just pushing out and, and then having to change manufacturers with a new product that we made because my manufacturer could not deliver the quality product that I demanded. Yeah. Throw all that into one year. You packed it all in one year. It, it 2021? Was or 20, 2022. 2022. Wow. Um, packed all that in and then with dealing with uh, with funding and raising capital and all those things, it was it was a tough year. Yeah. And I think for me as I'm as I'm still here because one one of my mentors told me, just don't quit. Yeah. Just don't quit. Figure out keep a way standing. To, figure out a way to keep the lights on. <laughs> right. Just don't quit, you know? Right. And and you'll see, he said, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Just don't quit. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm here with you, Tomas, uh, with Rick in the audience, with yeah. Cody in the audience, and with the amazing opportunities that we have before us right now, you know, that's why I say keep pushing forward. Yeah. Because it's worth it. It's, it's worth, it. worth it. So what would, I mean, somebody, maybe somebody, I, I love how um, uh, Stephanie uh, uh, Newton said this weekend, she said, you know, you you might be entering a storm, mm. you might be in the storm, you might be just coming out of the storm, right? Where, whether we're at, as an entrepreneur, that's going to happen. You're, you're going to be in one of those places. It's just, just the way life works. And so what would you what would you say to to an entrepreneur that's in a storm? What, I mean, what, what would you ha- to say you know, to them right now? What would you tell them? No, I would tell them, again, keep standing. Yeah. You know, hold on to your faith. 
Yes. Hold on to your faith because for me, uh, throughout all of last year and even this year, two of my favorite words is, is hope and faith. Yeah. Hope and faith. Uh, because I truly believe that hope and faith carries you through. Yeah. Carries you through like nothing else can carry you through. Yeah. And I believe that believe in the Lord and the Lord is going to provide everything that you need, even when you think you need something more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And just have that hope and faith and, and don't and don't give up that hope and faith. Yeah. For whatever reason, do not give up your hope and faith. Yeah. You have to have it to weather those storms. And it's great to have when you're doing your good times. Oh, 100 percent. You know, because yep. we want to we want to be that transparent at all times. Yeah. We're all going to go through those storms. We're all going to go at different points in our lives. We're all going to go through it. Yeah. Right. It's how you handle it, how you conduct yourself, how you continue to hold on to your hope and faith that's going to get you through. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And so when you think about um, everything you've read, right, I, and, and I would imagine during that program they had you read different books. Did, mm-hmm. was, was it a, like a, uh, a program where you were with professors or were there books you were reading? Kind of How did they do that program at A&M? Yeah, no, we actually had a lot of mentors that that came through. Okay, and we had some some of the curriculum that that was created by uh, the Institute for Veterans and Military Families okay. at Syracuse University. So you know, we were able to lean in on that. But I think you know, our biggest thing was being able to bring in real time yes. entrepreneurs from College uh, yeah. Station that was right there hanging around. That, that were that know, were living it. That were billionaires and millionaires yeah. living it. Yeah. But you know, wanted to give their time and and bless us with with some words or just you know one on one talks and those type of things. Yeah, I love that. So, is there a book that over the last you know maybe during this time? Oh, it could be the last ten years even that maybe has had an impact on you that you've read that you that you give away. Maybe you give it away to other entrepreneurs or you're like, man, if there was a book that that I've read that I want to make sure that people have read you know get in their hands if they're going to be a business owner this is the one yeah um i have two uh one is about howard howard schultz okay so um the name escapes me but i was just looking at it the other day but anyway howard talked about how he was denied for funding 142 times Right, and this is for everybody. This is Starbucks. This is yeah, Starbucks. for everybody that doesn't know, this is Starbucks. You know, <laughs> right? Hundred and forty-two times. He times. didn't get. He said he, they Banks, told him Banks no. Told him no. <laughs> you know, you, you think about that. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so that one, and then I think the other one is the, the carrot plan, where you you focus on one product. Okay. You focus on one product and and do that one product well. And I would tell you, I. I have a good story about about that. Um, yeah. For me, um, when I started thinking about just focusing on socks, one day I was on base at Fort Sam Houston at the Classic Store, going to pick up some bourbon, and um, and I see this guy standing there. It looked like he didn't supposed to be there. He had on some jeans, uh, black cowboy boots, yeah. uh, a, uh, you know, nice black black uh, uh, button down. And had his hair slicked back a little bit. And I, I said, all right, I'm, you know, I'm a recruiter. I'm going to go talk to yeah, you. Yeah, of right? course. So I said, all right, you don't look like you're supposed to be here. I said, you got your two young ladies up here giving people little samples. Who are you and what yeah. do you do? They said, oh, my name is Mike Cameron. I created Devil River uh, Whiskey. I said, oh, yeah. Oh. I know Devil's River. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Said, I, and I said the same. He said, yeah. have you had it? I said, I never had. But I saw your sign on 281 that said, yep. if, only if your commute was so smooth. And then oh, I yeah. said, I remember researching your company and know that you guys grabbed the water from the Devil's River yeah. to make it. He yeah. said, yeah. He said, well, so what do you do? So I, I kind of told him what I was doing, uh, looking probably to do something different. He said, you know, ha- have you ever thought about doing one thing? I said, what do you mean? Oh, he, so this was before you started your company. This yeah. is all before. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, have you ever thought about doing one thing? I, I'm like, what do you mean? He said, well just follow me here <laughs> this is when the wheel started falling off yeah. uh he said all right one day i was over at george Strait's house and coach pop was there and then, 
and then uh, and then Tito came over. He said, "You know Tito, right?" Oh my god! I said, I've, "I've heard of him. I know his product, but right. I don't know." He said, "Yeah, he's from San Antonio with yep. the UT Tito." I said, "Okay, yep. yeah, Alamo Heights I, guy. I know Tito." Yep. <laughs> he said, uh, "But anyway, uh, George was getting ready to start a spirits company, and you know, we all looked at Tito and asked him, why don't you do different flavors with your with your with your vodka, yeah. right?" Yeah. And he said, "Tito." He said, and this was in 2019, Tito looked us dead in our eyes and said, guys, I just got offered $5 billion for my company. I don't need to put anything in it. <laughs> I just need to do one thing. One thing. And, of course, it's probably worth $12 billion now, I think, when I last oh looked. Oh, my God. It got a COVID bump. But, uh, wow. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a one good thing. story. One thing. Do one thing. Adds well, well. Be- and, and that's from the book called The Carrot. I mean, that, it kind of coincides mm-hmm. with that. It's, what was yeah. the book called the again? The Carrot Plan. The Carrot Plan. I mm-hmm. had not heard of that one. Yeah. I need to read that one. Very cool. Do one thing and do it really well. I love that. Um, and, and biggest mentor in your life, you feel like? Biggest impact? Yeah, Becky Valtier from the Naval okay. Academy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, she, uh, I, I, you know, our relationship, it, it, it continued after she helped me um, get into the program when we were both at, at Atlanta. So when I got commissioned from Auburn, yeah. I called her down to be my commissioning officer. Oh, wow. So she came down and gave me an oath, and um, and that was really cool. When I was in Japan, um, I was getting ready to head over to uh, – um, Naval Post Grad School in Monterey, beautiful Monterey, yeah. California. Yeah. And she calls me and says, Hey, I need an XO. Um, I need help. Can you come? Yeah. I like, I'm there, you yeah. know. So, so turn down uh, Monterey to go to the Naval Academy and help her out. Um, and so when she retired, I was her master's of ceremony. Oh, right. Wow. And then fast forward, uh, that was in 2007, right before I came to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, when I retired in 2012, she was my guest speaker. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's it's interesting, you know, you have people that have had that kind of impact on your life, you know, because do you think that you may not have gone to officer school without that? Do you, I, I truly believe because You she, probably wouldn't have. She was the only one that believed in me. Yeah. I, I didn't even believe in myself. Wow. You know, and she said, okay, let's go. Let's go. And she would, you know, she would, I would give her my papers. She would read it. She would give me feedback on it. was, it was most amazing uh, generosity and just kindness and just, you know, you can do it, Anthony. You know, you can do it. And, and, and here we are. Here you are. That's a fa- I, I love that story. And so to wrap this up, talk about, you know, the mission in terms of the service, right? Like it's serving athletes, serving young athletes. Talk about that mission for Steezy. Like where, how can people be a part of that? How can people help out? And, and where is some of that funding going? And how do y'all direct it? Yeah. So right now, uh, our mission is to help young athletes, reach our goals, dreams, and aspirations. So we do that by sponsoring uh, events. We will sponsor uh, uh, events with socks. Yeah. So for those young athletes that probably hasn't worn a high-quality pair of socks, uh, you know, this mm. is going to give them that unique opportunity to feel what the Dame Lillers of the world are feeling when they're yeah. wearing that unique sock. Uh, also, we've been able to sponsor athletes that are looking to go to a camp. Maybe they couldn't swing the – the the price for the yes. camp so we've been able to we were able to sponsor athletes back in hawaii last year which was really cool nice. uh, about five athletes that couldn't afford the 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 funding yeah and plus they got a steezy care package of socks um and so now one of the things that we're looking at is doing more here in san antonio yeah uh with san antonio sports and with iplay uh where we can give good quality socks uh to young folks so we're hoping to do some type of event for back to school for folks yeah, to love be able that. to get some good quality socks for a back to school event. Yep. And being able to partner with some of our unique athletes here in San Antonio that, uh, you know, are, are, are building their career as maybe a San Antonio spur or yeah. maybe on the soccer team. Um, and just really fi- figuring out how we can do this together. Because yeah. I think when you look at the mission of Steezy, yeah. um, People love athletics. They right? love it. Pe- yep. People love their football, basketball, baseball. Yep. And I think with us, because we have an athletic sock, 
you know, we're able to intersect in so many different sports. But at the end of the day, uh, I truly believe sports provide uh, determination, uh, confidence, mm-hmm. uh, teamwork, a lot of those things that, you know, I learned in the Navy, mm-hmm. learned in the military. Yep. But I think sports bring all those in as well. And plus, it helps you as an adult when you when you continue to grow. Yep. So again, I want I want the mission of Steezy, the product equals purpose mission driven of Steezy to help those young athletes understand that we want to be there for them. We want to help them. We want to say we're proud of you. Yeah. We yeah. want to say that we're proud of you. Right? Yep. I don't care if you have gotten a full ride to UT. I want to let you know I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'll, you're, I'm proud. Of, and I want you to be a good person. Yeah. So if we're able to provide mentorship in somehow, some way, you know, let's do that. If we're able to uh, provide a, a quick speaker series with one of these athletes that have made it to that level. Yeah. Because the one thing I've realized is every athlete, especially every elite athlete, has all carried their own cross somehow. Some yeah, for sure. They've been through it somehow, some yep. way. Just like an entrepreneur has been through it somehow, some way. Let's figure out how to intersect those, share that knowledge, share share the share the story. Yeah. And let on and let young folks know that, man, I can do it too. That's right. And I can still be a good person doing it. At the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, man, this has been an amazing conversation, Anthony. I really appreciate you being on TM3 Impact, and I can't wait to get this out. We'll probably have this out today. Oh, wow. And I'm excited to get this out so people can know more about. So how do they find you? What's the easiest way to find your company online? Yeah, just go to www.steezyfootwear.com. Dot com. Steezyfootwear.com. Mm-hmm. And they will Excellent. find us. And then on Instagram? On Instagram, at Steezy Socks. At Steezy Socks. Okay, mm-hmm. very cool. And yeah. then, uh, if you <laughs> you got to look at the Instagram because your Instagram is fire. It's really, really well done. Like the photos, everything that you do, it's really, really well done and, and, and executed really, really well. So thank you so much for being on TM3, Anthony. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Tomas. Right. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. God bless. Yes, God bless. Take care, my friend.